thanks for listening to the Radiant Church Podcast. This is David Perkins, and we're so glad that you're listening. Hey, if you're a part of our family meeting online or in person, we want to encourage you to get connected at Radiant Church KC across all social media platforms. God is doing something incredible in Kansas City, and we love connecting with you, whether it's through our app or even through all the content available on our YouTube page. Hey, our prayer is that God uses this message to change your life and that you could become a dynamic disciple of Jesus. Thanks for listening. Enjoy this message. All right. Hey, everybody, we'll talk about that uh, sermon series in just a moment. But before that, can we have everybody that has ever served on the portable team in the last seven and a half years? Can you stand to your feet? If you've served in portable, can you give these guys a big hand, everybody? Look at, look at, look at, look at me. Hey, 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 hey. Stay standing, stay standing. So good, so good. And now uh, you guys remain standing and you will give a huge hand to the portable general and his wife himself. Can you give it to Nick Dimmig and Kate? Hey, oh! <laughs> Woo! So, <laughs> Nick, 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 Nick. <laughs> So we call him St. Nick around here, everybody. Um, and you guys are amazing. Kate, you run with Nick so well. Thank you for leading worship perfectly on the keys. And then, uh, I mean, turning into like church out queen. Thank you. You're amazing. Sorry about your toe a couple years ago. Um, so glad you're healing well. And sorry, Nick. And then Nick. Uh, so one of my favorite stories about you, Nick, was at your wedding, actually, uh, because your dad, um, he came up to me and he started telling me these stories about you. And he was talking about stories about you working in the garage. And then he was just like a perfect dad. He was like, yep, my boy, Nick, you're getting yourself a good one right there. And it just, it just sounded like a good dad. He's like, you're getting yourself a good one right there. And I think all of us at our church would say, we got ourselves a good one right there. Let's give it up. Anyway, we love you. We're so grateful. Thank you for all your investment uh, in Portable. And now we've got a small project for you. It's only 85,000 square feet, and uh, it's going to be constant small groups and people for... So it's going to... Just kidding. So, so grateful. Let's give it up for Nick and Kate. Thanks, guys. Love you. Proud of you. Thank you. Thank you. All right, you may be seated. Awesome. Um, hey, this week um, on Saturday, we'll have uh, another work day. And so I want to thank all of you that uh, have come out to do that. Um, we'll be obviously it'll be like uh, it'll be like opening day eve as we kind of get um, everything ready for the next day, March 3rd. So uh, thanks to all of you that have been coming and doing that. It's going to be uh, a good time on uh, this Saturday and just want to communicate my gratitude. Also, um, next week, for those of you that have children, just so that you're aware, we have more space available in the new building for kids uh, from day one. But I want to just kind of just walk you through it. If you walk in and go to your right, we'll have check-in right there. And then you can go, uh, it'll be up the stairs. So there's uh, our prayer chapel will be where our elementary kids meet. And then our early childhood, we just finished and painting a brand new room for them. And so that, it's going to be a great space uh, upstairs next week. I would invite you next week if you can 
to be there about 10 minutes early, uh, just so you can orient yourself. It'll be a little bit different traffic flow. Uh, it'll be a little bit more walking than this space because it's a new space. Uh, but uh, we've got the lobby painted. I want to just also uh, highlight um, the marquee goes up this week. So when you walk in uh, next week, it will say Radiant Church, and then we'll paint it between next week and Easter. So we're still working on the exact dates on that. It's got to be warm enough to paint, but uh, it's going to be great. So thank you to everybody that has served and given. Uh, thank you to the trustees. Thank you to people that have prayed. Thank you to people that have prayer walked. Thank you to people that have done. Uh, can we just give God and our team and everybody a big hand? Such a fun season. So awesome. One more announcement before we dive into the Bible, uh, and that is that we have... Um, We've really got a great thing happening on Monday nights with our teenagers. Um, right now, uh, it's growing significantly, but the nets are breaking a little bit, everybody, because we have so many teenagers. We actually are in need of more grown-ups uh, to help check kids in, uh, connect with parents, um, uh, just general security. Uh, we have a process to help you become a small group leader if you want to be a disciple maker of teenagers. Um, but I'm dreaming of about 10 more of you to say, hey, I'll go to connect uh, uh, get, get connected and then serve to make a difference with our teenagers. So if, you, if you're interested, not necessarily that you're committing, but you're interested in, in potentially hearing more about what we're doing with teenagers on Monday nights, um, if you could write the word youth on the connection card and drop it in the bucket at the conclusion of the service, or uh, you could stop right out here and see Dawson. He'll be at the info booth. And if you'd like to just relationally connect with him or ask a question, you can do that. All right, open up your Bibles with me if you've got them. Actually, let's stand old school. We're gonna stand today. Stand for the reading of God's word. Uh, and we've got a lot of Bible here uh, today, so you're going to be standing for a long time. And then I have seven pages. And so we're going to get done at two o'clock, everybody. I just decided I'm going to get my money's worth out of portable today, everybody. So no, just kidding. I'm kidding. All right. Psalm 34. We've got three verses though. It says this, it says this famous one. This is, uh, this is our church. We love this verse. I sought the Lord and he answered me. He delivered me from all my fears. Those who look to him are radiant. Jeremiah 29, 12, not 11. Most of us think 11. That joke didn't go over well. Um, <laughs> then you will call to me. Then you will call on me and come and pray to me. And I will listen to you. You will seek me. You will find me when you seek me with all your heart. Can I go after that all a little bit today? One more Jesus speaking, Sermon on the Mount. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be given to you as well. Father, in the name of Jesus, we come before you a grateful people for the last seven and a half years in these spaces. God, we're so grateful for the building that you have uh, provided to start the church at the school. We're so grateful for the way you took care of us in the pandemic. We're so grateful for this space at Fiorella's. And we pray, Lord Jesus, that there would be a great blessing on uh, this space that has uh, opened up to us. We pray the blessing on, the, on everybody that runs this house. And God, we do ask, Lord Jesus, that you would prepare us to be the people that you've called us to be as we go into our new building. And we're grateful. We're so grateful that you have provided every step of the way. We thank you, Lord Jesus, for the way that you are going to use this group of people right here to help people become radiant disciples of Jesus in our new space. Open up our eyes. Help us become the people you want us to be in Jesus' name. Everybody said amen. amen. You may be seated. In this series, we're kind of going after uh, looking at our building that God's got for us that we'll enter into next week. And we're preaching through the building. 
So we started off looking at our prayer chapel. And we said, who is it that God wants us to be in that space? So we talked about intercessory prayer. We talked about God's call on us to be a praying church. And I invited you to do what I called Pray 60, which is to think of yourself as an intercessor where your goal is to pray an hour a week. And so we talked about even nine minutes a day puts you across the finish line there where you're intentionally laboring in the spiritual realm in prayer. And then we talked a little bit about who to be in the lobby. And I invited you to lead in the lobby. And that idea is a once a month conversation where you get out of your comfort zone and engage with somebody else. And you're thinking not about your own comfort, but about them. And so all of the introverts were great with the intercessory prayer challenge and then freaked out about that lobby challenge, right? All the extroverts are like, I'm not really big on the prayer, but talking to people, let's go, that's easy, all right? We all got to stretch. We talked a little bit about that fellowship and that intentional leading in the lobby. So we, we talked a little bit about that in our lobby. And we talked about the, the auditorium and we talked about the word of God last week. And our aim is, in addition to our reading the Bible each day, that during the time that we have together, we're intentionally learning the word of God, growing from the word of God. And I invited you, while you're here on a Sunday, as you are essentially preparing to be kind of the core team before we ever even go into our building, for you to set it, create the culture, which is, I'm gonna, in the day of technology, where not many people even have their paper Bible at church, I think there's a potential distraction to be on other apps and to be doing other things other than the word of God. And so I invited you on a Sunday while we're studying the word of God to have Bibles and paper or Bible app and notes app, but to stay focused. And so all of the fantasy football guys got depressed, but they committed to it. All right. So that we have a culture that what we're going to do is while we're here, we're going to focus in on being a people that study the word of God and that that's not just kind of um, theoretical. It's really real. We are asking God to help us learn his word while we're here. Today, I want to go after this idea of seeking God, a place to seek God. And so the room represented today is actually the parking lot. So it's not necessarily an interior room. It's an exterior room. And my invitation to you is to ha form a habit where as you Drive up to the church, the church. You hear that, everybody? The church. Don't call it by any other former name. You call it the church, the church. So this is the church that God gave us. It's the church, all right? So you pull up to, not the gym, not any, the church, everybody. All right, so you pull up to the church and there's a little hill right there. And when you pull into the parking lot, here's my invitation, that you would join me. And when you pull up on that hill, that you would say on a Sunday, God, I will seek you today. I'm going to seek the Lord. And when you leave, that there would be this confession to God. Psalm 34, 4, I sought the Lord. I sought him. So I'm going to go after that word seek today in the sermon. But I want to invite you into the habit of thinking about God from the moment that you pull on that little hill into the parking lot before you go into the building. And I want to invite you to think about seeking God and even looking back and saying, how did I encounter God today so that the Psalm 34, 4, I sought the Lord, is your confession. I just think it'd be cool as you go down the hill to say, I sought the Lord today. I sought God. I, 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 I sought him. Renata and I have uh, Sunday nights marked off as our date night. And so uh, we have kind of started this little habit of doing uh, Mexican food. We love the Mexican food and 
We also, uh, one of the things that we like to do, we didn't used to do this in our 30s, but in our 40s, we started walking, right? Like uh, together, like this is needed, you know, uh, kind of after the Mexican food. Like, so, and then and that has become kind of like part of our date. And then um, if it's really cold out or if we're like really tired, you know, then we'll add like the movie thing. So, uh, uh, you know, typically it's some kind of like, you know, Renata loves like romantic comedy. So, you know, that's challenging, but, um, but, but oftentimes that will be the date. So I was thinking about, imagine if her husband, if I started to get, uh, in, in my, in my thought process that I really, I'm really into Renata. And so I really care about Renata and I really care about the relationship. And so because of that created this little date where the purpose of the date is to serve the relationship. But imagine if over time I was just like getting really into chips and salsa. And I got really, really into his steps. And I got to watch. And I know if I got 10,000 steps or not. And I got really into chips and salsa. I got really into the steps. And then I got really into the rom-com movies and every Matthew McConaughey movie ever made. You know, like, and, and so I, I started to think in terms of, hey, it's date night. Can't wait. Let's go. Mexican food. Let's get some chips and salsa. Hey, come on. Let's go a little bit more. Let's, 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 let's do the movie thing. Hey, let's get our steps in. Hey, and then... One week, two week, a month, a year. And what if at the decade mark, where for 10 years we had been investing in the method of what was meant to have the relationship, but over time, if I was into those things and I was like in the movie club, like I got to watch six movies, get one free. I mean, you know, like I was into all, I knew all the Mexican restaurants in town. I could quote details on chips and salsa. I mean, I knew all, I, I knew every kind of salt. If I, if I had the, the perfect watch and, and, and even if, if I started to have my language and my excitement be about the steps and the salsa and the movies, to where I even lost touch with even the purpose of it was the relationship. I just wonder how pleased Renata would be if she was to leave town for a few weeks and I was like, oh, it doesn't even matter that you're leaving. I'm still gonna do date night by myself. Can I get my salt steps in? Get my salt. Are you, you, tra you tracking with me? It's somehow in that there's the absence of the, the purpose is the relationship. I plan with you to do church services experiences coming in together on a Sunday for many years to come. But oh, the tragedy, if in the midst of getting fellowship right and we're huddling up and talking to people, serving, and we got to serve. I mean, we got run the camera, worship one, serve one. If, if, if even in this, even if in the sermons, even if in, um, all, the coffee and we, we got the coffee teams, if we do all of those things, right. But in the midst of the process, we don't engage with the relationship of seeking God. Oh, the tragedy. I think it's possible to do church, check a few of the boxes, and you never engage with God. I think it's possible that, it's, that we could get into a systematic cultural way of doing church services. And it's just possible that you go through the whole process. You pull up onto the parking lot. You, you know serve some people and do some good things, even open up your Bible and your mind hasn't even engaged with God. So what I want to invite us to today is this word seek. And I want to invite you to think about, okay, God, on a Sunday for years to come, this is a place to seek. And we want to do all the other things. But my dream is that you would every Sunday seek God and that you would pull away from the parking lot and you could say along with David in Psalm 34, I sought the Lord and he answered me.
He delivered me from all my fears. Those who look to him are radiant. That Greek word, uh, seek, is zeteo. So Dawson, it's, it's not zendaya, it's zeteo, all right? Zeteo, and it's to look for or desire. That's strong. Look for or desire. What does it look like for you and I to look for God? Those who look to him are radiant. I'm going to look to God. I'm going to fix my eyes. I'm going to invest in the relationship. I'm going to encounter. I'm going to seek him. And it's so possible that there's a seeking in the songs. There's a seeking in the scripture. There's a seeking in the serving. There's a seeking in the fellowship. There's a there. But it's also possible to have some of those methods exist without the seeking. It's possible to do all those things, check some of those boxes and have never met with God. I was thinking this week about what keeps you and I from seeking God. Old school 2004 desperation band, we used to sing this song, I will never stop seeking, never stop. As John Egan got that twang going, he had girl jeans on, never stop, never stop seeking. And I was thinking, uh, I think it's possible, sorry, John, I think it's possible um, for you and me over time to actually stop seeking. I, I, I mean, it's hard to say it because I don't know that we would, we would say it because we'd feel bad about it, but only you know in your own heart if it's possible to have the exterior methodology or the exterior systems or even the exterior, we use the word disciplines or the, the, the different processes, but on the inside, the only person that knows if there's a seeking after God, I sought the Lord and he answered me. I, I sought him with all my heart. Those who look to him become something different. Why? Because of a real relationship, seeking him. What causes us to seek? So uh, what causes us to stop seeking? So I want to dig into some potential challenges in seeking. I think one of the reasons why we stop seeking God is because we fear the pain of disappointment. We, we, we fear the pain of, of seeking God if there's something that has to do with the blessing of God that it feels like isn't turning out like we had hoped. So I want to read this text out of 2 Kings 4. It's kind of long. It'll take me a minute to read it, but just engage with me. The words will be on the screen. It's the story in Elisha's life. One day, Elisha went onto Shunem, where a wealthy woman lived, who urged him to eat some food. So whenever he passed that way, he would turn in there to eat food. And she said to her husband, behold now, I know this is a holy man of God who is continually passing our way. Let us make a small room on the roof with walls and put there for him a bed, a table, a chair, and a lamp so that whenever he comes to us, he can go in there. And one day he came there and he turned into the, into the chamber and rested there. And he, sent, and he said to Gehazi, his servant, call this Shunammite. When he called her, she stood before him. And he said, and he said to him, Say now to her, see, you have taken all this trouble for us. What is to be done for you? What would you, ha uh, would you have a word spoken on your behalf to the king or to the commander of the army? She answered, I dwell among my own people. And he said, what then is to be done for her? Gehazi answered, well, she has no son and her husband is old. He said, call her. And when he called her, she stood in the doorway and he, the prophet of God, said to her, at this season, about this time next year, you will embrace a son. And she said to him, this is what I want you to see. No, my Lord, O man of God, do not lie to your servant. Huh. 
That's a good, uh, right there. That's exactly it. Huh. Wait, so the prophet of God speaks. No, next year you're going to have a son. And she says, oh no, don't lie to me. No, don't lie to your servant. But the woman conceived and she bore a son about that time the following spring, as Elisha had said to her. What is that response? I want to go after that. Because here's a woman, she's a, she's a, I mean, she's generous. She's providing. She's intentional. She's thinking about how can I take care of the prophet of God? She's, she's a servant. She's generous. She's, she's got an abundance. She wants to give. So in many ways, she's, she's faithful. But there's some pain in her as well. There's some disappointment as well. And so though she's faithful, she's, she's faithless. That, oh, I, I don't know that I could receive that, I, I, that, that pain. And, and here's what, what happens. Even to hear, faith comes by hearing, even to hear, but to feel like, oh, what I'm hoping for, what I'm looking for, what I'm wanting, I'm disappointed. So in time, it's easy, instead of all my heart seeking to half my heart seeking, because of the pain of the expectation of wanting more blessing and not feeling like God is coming through for me, not feeling like I'm, not, like I'm getting what I want. And it's common for many people to feel like, I don't know, I don't know if I want to seek God or can seek God because I'll tell you what, I'm just gonna let God off the hook. And so I'll be faithful, I'll serve, I'll be generous, but I'm not gonna step forward and pray and believe and talk to him in faith. I'll just take a couple steps back, fake it through the songs, be a good person. And here's what God wants more than you being faithful, but faithless. He wants you to be faithful and filled with faith. Where, where you look to him and you say, there, there is a, a maturity in me that God, I'm going to pursue you because you're worth pursuing. I'm gonna worship you no matter what. And my disappointment in my circumstance will not be the obstacle that keeps me from my pursuit yes. or from seeking or for some coming after God with everything. If you want to look at some mature disciples that are a little bit more mature than that, there's a few of them. I'm going to give you just, I'm going to give you two and then I'm going to show you Jesus. But here's, here's a way to respond when there's disappointment, when the circumstance is hard, because that's the challenge for the mature disciple is to come in and worship, come in and pray, come in and love the word of God, come in and pour out your life to other people, come in and be generous, come in and care when there's things that are not working right. The temptation is always, I won't seek because my life just isn't quite right yet. Listen to Job, Job 1, you're like, oh, and he goes to Job. That's what I thought, all right. <laughs> I want you to hear it though. Verse 20, at this, Job got up, this is when he got the bad news about all, all, all the things that are made his life worse than yours, I promise. Job got up and tore his robe and shaved his head. Then he fell to the ground in worship and said, and here's what I want to see. Naked I came from my mother's womb and naked I will depart. The Lord gave and the Lord take, has taken away. May the name of the Lord be praised. Yeah. So here's what he's saying. Circumstance is awful. God is still good. In the midst of the circumstance, it's hard. This is not about me getting my circumstance better. It's about who he is. Blessed be the name of the Lord. I'll still seek you. Paul does it in Philippians 3. He's in a Roman prison cell. He's certainly in a more challenging spot than we are. And he says this phrase as this mature follower of Christ. But whatever were gains to me, I now consider loss for the sake of Christ. What is more, I consider everything a loss because of the surpassing worth 
of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord, for whose sake I've lost all things. I consider them garbage or old school language, rubbish. I consider them garbage that I may gain Christ. Here's the phrase. Circumstance is hard, but I consider everything else that was my gain or loss compared to Christ. Christ is all. And so even though circumstance is difficult, he is worthy of my life. And so this isn't about my circumstance. This is about his worth. So the disciple of Jesus, our dream as a church is to become radiant disciples of Jesus, is to grow in maturity. We're in the midst of the pain, in the midst of the loss, in the midst of the crisis. We come in and we believe God for blessing. We believe God in strength. We worship him, but we come and we seek him with all our heart, even in the midst of hardship because of who he is. And really the example that is obviously by far the best, it's always Jesus. Let me just show you Jesus because Jesus actually faces a moment of incredible hardship as he goes to the cross. He's sweating blood and the famous statement that he prays to his father as he looks at difficulty, Luke 22 says this, father, if you are willing, take this cup from me, yet not my will, but yours be done. Blessed be the name of the Lord. I consider everything, all that I have, my life. It's not about me. It's about you. So God, even though I'm facing the trial, God, even though it's hard to get my hopes up again, my hopes are actually not in the circumstance getting better. My hopes are in God. And if you give, I'll thank you. And if it doesn't turn out quite like I hoped, I'll trust you but nothing will detour me from seeking. Nothing will keep me from engaging with God. Another way that I feel like um, we stop seeking is I think that we become content with less than God's highest. I think it's easy to do that in America because we have so much. And so it's actually possible to do some things where we have some of the language in the Bible says we've got like a, a, a method or a look of godliness, but we've denied its power. We, 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 we've got kind of the outer exterior of godliness, but we've denied, we've denied the power of God. And, and I think it's easy for us, instead of stepping into all that God has for you, to say, I actually know I've figured out a way to develop a contentment with less than God's highest. So therefore, I don't necessarily need to seek. I'm already okay. And you create what it looks like for, instead of what God has for your life. I love the text in, in uh, Acts where you see this in this lame man, Acts 3, where this lame man, and, and I just want you to see just one piece of it. I, won't, I just read so much, I'm just gonna quote this. But it's this moment where the lame man, he can't walk. And yet, when the apostles are walking by, his his request to them is for money. So his request to the apostles is not the highest, it's the settle. So instead of saying, hey, like Bartimaeus, hey, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me, right? Instead of like coming to look at the miracle, it's just a settling, just, just give me some money. Just give me some money, right? And this is what many of us do. So it's possible that through the agents of God, the apostles, they want to say, hey, silver and gold I do not have, but what I have in the name of Jesus, stand up and walk and begin leaping and jumping and praising God. Sunday school coming through right there. All right, because and God, and God had that for him. But for many of us, we just say, it's too, I, I'm not going to aim here. Just give me some money. I'm just going to settle right here. Instead of believing God for the fullness. 
And that's, and here's the piece of that. Um, it's easy for you and I to take just our, our, our American life in Christianity and find a place to do middle road. We're never going to say middle road because we would never do that at church. We would always say, all my heart, right? But you and I know what it's like to say, I, I really want these things from, you know, I want the house right. I want the finance right. I want, uh, or whatever it is. I want the vacation right. I want the clothes right. I want, I want me. I want my stuff. Me, me, me. And, and we're formed that way. I mean, literally our algorithms are formed to have you always thinking that way. And then I've got the God thing over here. And so it's very tempting to create a lukewarm life right in the middle and just figure out a way in our, in our own mind, we can kind of figure out, untie the intellectual knots in the future. But right now we just kind of figure out, okay, yeah, I do have one foot here and one foot here. And I figure out a way to just live right there. But actually the lukewarm life is the most miserable way to live on the planet. Yes, come on. Luke, I mean, that Revelation 3 text that Jesus is going to spit, that, that whole idea of lukewarm is that it's, it's, actually, it's actually not enjoyable to just kind of say, have allegiance to self and claim allegiance to Christ. Allegiance is all, A-L-L. Seek, me, seek him with all of our hearts. So our aim is, this is the, the part that gets, the, where, the, where being a disciple gets good. Because, so Psalm 37 says, delight yourself in the Lord and he'll give you the desires of your heart. The process of transforming our desires is one of the greatest miracles of Christianity. When, when there's actually what you desire changes. So delight yourself in the Lord and he'll give you the desires of your heart. Well, he's giving you the desires of your heart because you've started to desire what he desires. So when it's possible for over time, the word of God, the spirit of God, fellowship with the saints, you start to actually have what you desire starts to change. So it's actually that transformation of desire that causes the journey of seeking, that word seek, look, or desire. And what you seek changes. All of us in our fallenness, we're gonna seek ourselves. But in our following of Jesus, where he offers the invitation, follow me, we leave self behind, go to follow him. Transformation happens over time, always a process. But where that transformation of, that's the sweet spot. When you, you don't know, you, you, you wake up seven years later and you go, I don't know why these desires have changed, but these desires, I remember the time I was sitting at a meal with a friend of mine. We were in our thirties. This guy had everything going for him. I mean, he, he had his, he was six foot one, which that's where a good start. Like, I mean, he, he had, sorry, that's my own insecurity. Uh, and I just, I'll never forget sitting with him and, and he was talking about his desire to, to help uh, widows and orphans. He was quoting James 127. And, and, and then I said something, we we're in our early thirties. I said something about, I can't even remember, but he looked at me kind of befuddled and he goes, no, I actually want to live among them. I'm actually wanting to leave suburbia because I want to be there with him. And I remember thinking that's God at work. Yes. That's a transformation of desire, right? And so I want to invite you to this. It's possible for you and I in this in this maturity to get to where you would say, actually the fulfillment of what God's highest for my life, that's what I want. The highest for my life of being a disciple, the, the highest for my life of, of fulfilling God's purpose on my life, that's what I'm dreaming of. So I'm not coming up with my own dream, 
submitting it to what God will tolerate. But instead, I actually have a dream to, to be like Jesus, to, to have the purpose that he has for me. Renata and I were at some leadership training uh, a couple weeks ago, and the guy who was training us was 75 years old, and he started crying as he talked about his evangelism to his other friends that are in their 70s and his campaign that he's launching in his mid-70s to try to reach as many people for Jesus as possible. And I thought, that's countercultural. Because the temptation is for all of us to say, let me just coast. But the formation of the disciple is to say, let me be transformed to where I'm, my desires have started to look more like kingdom desires. And it's actually what I enjoy doing. And God will do this. God will be at work in our hearts where you actually go, I actually celebrate. I want those teenagers to know God. I actually care about Kansas City coming to Jesus. The, the poor, the hoarding, the, the hoarding, that would be two. The hoarding. Let's reach the hoarding. We need a small group for the hoarders. That would be great. That's a sin. All right, I'm just gonna leave that there because that's somebody's prophetic word for today. All right. Lord, we wanna reach the hoarders. Could have been worse. All right. <laughs> All right, let's just move on. All right, let me just give you this one text. Uh, this is, this, and not like a Bible text, an actual, like an iMessage text uh, that I got from my dad this week. We had a staff meeting this week. And, um, and because God gave our church six uh, gymnasiums, we decided to play basketball for staff meeting this week. And so anyway, I don't know if you judge me right there or what you think of our church now, but we were playing basketball for staff meeting this week. We prayed and played. Um, and, uh, and, I, and I got this text from my dad who uh, not only volunteers and works at Radiant for free, uh, but has all these other people that he's discipling across the world. And so he was excusing himself from our basketball game today. And this is the text I received from him. Please forgive my absence today. Right now, I am on the third of eight discipling meetings today, including 400 Pakistani pastors of house churches being trained to do Disciple by Jesus. That's his book. They just received a copy in their own language, Urdu. So here's what I sent back. You Laodicean backslidden man. No, I'm just kidding. No, I'm just kidding. Here's what I want you to see. Dad at 78 thinks that good, clean fun and a real swell time is investing in 400 Pakistani pastors and would choose that over basketball. Silly illustration, but I just want you to see it. I just want you to see the process of transformed desire. That's not dad thinking, um, he doesn't get paid to do that. He doesn't get paid to do any of this, but he's just, this is what he actually desires. This is like, this is what's alive in him. And so for us that are not 78 yet, I want us to have this vision. It's possible for us to say incrementally, sometimes it's quick. Sometimes the word of God, it's like scoots us forward in a moment. And sometimes it's slow. That transformation of desire is slow. But as we are formed into being disciples of Jesus, we'll watch over time where what, what, I, what, I actually, what I actually enjoy changes, what I actually delight in, so that fulfilling the purpose of God actually becomes what we're reaching for, what we're aiming for. Last one is this. Um, I think one of the reasons why we stop seeking God it's because we've developed a wrong view of God. 
2 Corinthians 4, 4 says, the God of this age comes to blind the minds of unbelievers. And we have a culture that has a false view of God. And many of us will spend more time on a whole lot of screens other than scripture. And so over time, we start to believe a false view of God. We've got a culture that's going to tell us a wrong view of God. We've got, we, we, we've got a culture that wants to leave God out completely. And over time, I think one of the ways that the enemy gets us to stop seeking is we get this false view of God. Hebrews eleven six says, and without faith, it is impossible to please God because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. There's our word for today, those who seek him. So he is a rewarder of those who seek him. What's the reward? Himself, his presence, relationship. So as transformed desires takes place and you actually go, okay, I look toward heaven with him and I want his presence now, spirit indwelled, Holy Spirit in us walking with him. His presence on my life, the presence of God, encountering, knowing, walking with God, that is my delight. That transformed desire, he's, he's a rewarder with himself. So you know that Matthew 25 parable where the, the, the servant has a false view and he goes out and he squanders the talent because by just burying it. And so the others get, get blessing because they invested it. And then that third one, he comes back and he's in trouble because he buried it. Now, why did he bury it? What did he do? He had a wrong view. He comes back and in the parable, he says, I know that you're a hard man to the king. It's a false view. And that's how many of us are. We have a view. God, he's austere. He does not care. I'm scared of him. And in that, instead of drawing near, James 4, 8, draw near to God, he'll draw near to you. Instead of drawing near, we live at a distance and we don't seek. We have a false view of God. That false view of God caused us to stop seeking, to live at a distance. But let me tell you this, your God, the one that you serve, he delights in you. He loves you. He enjoys you. You're his daughter. You're his son. And he has a bent. He has a bias. He has an enjoyment. He has a proclivity. He has delight in you. And if you get that, you want to seek him or look to him or be with him or fix your gaze on him. You want to seek him. It's enjoyable to be with one who wants to be with you. None of us are like, Renata and I rarely call the people who are the meanest to us and be like, what's up? You want to hang out tonight? We've had to before, <laughs> but it's not what we enjoy. You know who we, Renata and I like to hang out with? We like to hang out with the people that like us, right? We're all that way. When you know that you have a father and he just loves to be with you, it, he, 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 you will say, I want to seek God today. So last Sunday night, Renata was out of town. I had a Sunday night uh, where I was like, whatever shall I do? Renata's gone. What date night is not tonight. <gasps> and so I called my dad. What's up? I said, hey, there's a game that does not matter at all. It's called the NBA All-Star Game. They score 200 points. They don't play defense. It does not matter. You want to come hang with me? Let's go. You want to you watch the game with me tonight? And my dad said, are you kidding me? I have 400 Pakistani pastors to disciple. <laughs> I have seven more books that I want to write tonight. I have 14 other priorities other than you. You know what he said? Name the time and place. I'll be there. Sorry. 
he doesn't care about the NBA, the East, or how I'd like talking about how old LeBron is and 211 points by the East. He, he doesn't care about that. Well, nobody really cares about the NBA's all-star game. So this <laughs> illustration breaks down a little bit. But I'll tell you what he does care about. He'll drop everything to hang out with his boy. He's just like, name the time and place. See you in a second. What's up? Your heavenly father's like that. Oh, he's, he's running the world. Listen, he delights in you. He wants relationship with you. And that personal relationship, when you go, ah, as I come before God and seek him, you will actually say, start to get to this place. Paul prayed a minute ago, that Psalm 27, this one thing I ask, this is what I seek. I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life. I want to gaze upon, I want to look to God. I want to be close to him. I'm his son, I'm his daughter, I'm his friend. My dream for you and me on a Sunday as we do church for the next 25 years longer is that on a Sunday, I wanna sing the songs and I wanna do the sermons, wanna reach the people, serve the coffee, paint the wall. It's like the karate kid. You know, we gotta do all the things. We're gonna do the things that God's called us to do. But may it never be that we went through all the, all the processes and didn't know the person. That we went through all the systems but didn't encounter God. And let me tell you this, when you come before God as a seeker, I'm gonna seek you today. You can encounter God as you sing, as you listen to the word, as you fellowship with people, as you pray, as you run a camera. God, it's my delight to serve with this camera. Or God, it's my delight to help with these teens. God, it's my delight to open up the word of God, give you my full attention. Only one screen, word of God. It's my delight to pray. Name it. And in each one of those, they can be the avenue to help you seek him. What I want to invite us to is that every Sunday, every Sunday, every Sunday, that you would seek. My dream is that you would pull up on that little hill as we pull into that parking lot. And that whether you're getting there at 6.30 a.m. to do something, or you're getting there at <laughs> hoping to get in before that last song so that you can pretend like you were here the whole time. No matter where you're pulling, that, you, that as you pull in, that you would go, God, I'll seek you today. I want to know you. I'm in relationship with you. And as you go down that little hill, it's just a little tiny hill. Maybe you go out that back. There's a back way that's down a hill and up. Either way, it would be that phrase. I sought the Lord today. I sought the Lord and he answered me. He delivered me in the most anxious generation from all my fears. Those who look, seek. Those who look to him are radiant. Those who look to him, I'll be all right. Circumstance is hard. Money's not there. People make fun of me. Circumstance ain't great. But Jesus is great and I'll be all right. I'm going to look to him and I will never stop seeking. I'm a seeker. I'll seek God. Will you bow your heads with me? Would you just respond to the Lord? Just one sentence, just you and God. Just give God your response. What's the Holy Spirit saying to you today? Will you give God your yes?
Maybe today your yes is to begin a journey as a follower of Jesus. If your yes today is, I'll follow you, Jesus. I'll be a God seeker. I want to invite you to begin. Stop living for self. Follow Jesus. He's worthy of your life. It's actually not about you. It's about him. And he'll save you. He'll rescue you. He'll transform you. You'll you'll be like, uh, living for self was nothing compared to the surpassing greatness of knowing God. And if that's you, I invite you to pray this prayer just in your seat, just between you and God. God, I give you my life. Save me. Make me a new person. Give me eternal life that I might know you. I give you my life. Save me. In Jesus' name, amen. Listen, if you prayed that prayer, I'd invite you. Let us know. Email that connection card. You can come up here and tell somebody on the prayer team, info booth. But let somebody know that you have decided to follow Jesus. We want to help you on the journey. We've got a Bible up here for you. We're going to do everything we can to resource you. Hey, let's all stand together. I want to invite Renata to come up. We want to uh, take just a moment and worship and give together today of our offerings before we go. I also just want to just add, just again, uh, just sincerely my gratitude to you for running with us and this season. And I want to thank you uh, because one of the fun things uh, that we've been able to do is in the midst of all of this, buying a building and all that, it's basically just been um, just saving, praying, and your offerings that have gotten us this far. So we've never stopped doing the things that we're going to do to serve our city, serve our missionaries, all the things that God's called us to do locally to try to reach teenagers and young people. And I just want to thank you because so, so many of you have gone above and beyond a tithe to give an offering. And I just don't know what to say other than just we're so grateful. And so many of you have just, just jumped all in. And now it's been so many years of praying and serving and giving for this moment. And I just want to, before we get there, I just want to just say thank you so much. I, I, I got so many stories, but there's people that have not gone out to eat in order to give above and beyond the tithe. There's, there's people that have changed where they live and, cha- and, and lived with a less residence to give. There's, there's families that rearrange their annual budget, change their vacation location in order to give. And so I know that, I know that this is the Lord, but the Lord does it through his people. And I just want to thank all of you guys because this, um, this is God at work, but he's doing it through you. And we just praise God for the sacrificial giving. I'm so excited about getting into this new building. And anyway, I know you know all that because I've said it in sermons before and you hear everything I say in sermons. But I just want to say thank you um, for, just for the way that you've done that. I'm just so, it's just such a fun season to be taking this next step. All right, you want to pray for us? Father, we thank you for your faithfulness. God, you've been faithful to us, God, for generations. And Lord, since the launch of Radiant, the way that you provided Overland Trail Middle School at just the right time, and this space, Fiorella's at just the right time, right as COVID was beginning, Lord, we just, we thank you that we were still able to meet. And God, now, as we look forward and we're moving into this amazing, huge, new space that you have provided. We thank you, God. We thank you that you're our provider. God, this church is a testimony to the way that you have provided for us. 
so God, today is we have this opportunity to give as your sons and as your daughters. God, we thank you, Lord, that all that we have is yours. And God, that we get to be obedient, cheerful givers in whatever way that you lead us. And God, we thank you, Lord, that, that next week yeah. that we get to step into our space, Lord, that you have given radiant, Lord, and that Woo. we get to be a light to this city. God, we just praise you today. We thank you. We thank you. We thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.